0: Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Flyers and Carter Hart got beat up by the Lightning after a weekend sweep of the Red Wings. The Sports Illustrated cover boys, Sixers prepare for the second half of the season in fifth place in the East, and now Joel Embiid is hurt. Manny Machado is off the board and still no signs of Bryce Harper in Clearwater.
1: Yeah, well, the Lightning are clearly one of the very best teams in the NHL. They showed that, so, you know, what happened Tuesday night didn't shock me. I'm sure we'll discuss Harper with our first guest in a few minutes. I love that SI Sixers cover, and maybe there's something to that SI jinx, because, you know, the magazine comes out, Joel Embiid gets injured. He's going to be out for a week. And Bill, I can't wait till later in the show when you give all of your predictions for Sunday night's Academy Awards.
0: <laughs> well, you can wait all night for that. <laughs> I hope that's uh, not in the queue two tonight when it's my turn on the hot seat.
1: No, I, I will spare you that. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> well, and as you said, Chad, we have a couple great guests tonight, and you know, it really has me fired up. I'm telling you, first time guest. Radio voice of the Phillies, Scott Fransky, will be joining us to talk about Harper and all things Phillies. And then we have the Inquirers, Keith Pompey, to talk Sixers and, of course, Joel Embiid and what's going on there. It doesn't get much better than that.
1: Now we've got a couple of real good ones tonight. And speaking of good ones, we had one last week in D. Lineham. Happy birthday to D. She's uh, celebrating by covering the Delaware Bluecoats tonight. So she's working on her birthday. But we love Dee and uh, hope she has a happy birthday.
0: Well, and i tell you, uh, Chet, that was going to be on the crap we missed. It was uh, going to be happy birthday to D because I thought we would not come up with that. And here we are, three minutes into the show, and we've already said happy birthday to D.
1: Well, see, I made, it, I made sure we didn't miss it. I had it in my notes. Hey, we have a minute before we get to our guest. What did you think of the Manny Machado signing to San Diego? San Diego?
0: Well, geez, you know uh, – I guess you're worth whatever somebody wants to pay you, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ten years, $300 million is an awful lot of money. Um, but, geez, you certainly can't blame Machado. Somebody offered him to take it. Um, but where does that set the bar for Harper? And uh, where does that set the bar down the road with Mike Trout? There's already rumblings today that the Angels are looking at a massive extension for Trout already. Oh, I did
1: not hear that. Uh, yeah the Machado thing kind of it didn 't come out of nowhere. There was some talk about it you know in the last several days, but I mean, a month ago, nobody thought the Padres would be a player in this, but apparently they do have some money to spend, and they also have a real good farm system so uh, people weren 't considering the Padres a serious contender for Machado or Harper, but now they 're right there, and they got this great farm system, a lot of talent coming up. So they're going to be a player even in uh, the Harper thing now. From what some people are saying, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Mister Bryce Harper.
0: Yeah, well, and and I'm sure when we get to talk to Scott, we'll get a little you know a little more insight on that. But it seems like uh, this thing has dragged on so long and so far. Spring training has actually started now. Um, you know, so hard to tell where this is all going to play itself out. But it's time. Hello. It is Hey,
1: Scott. Uh, yeah, we're going to bring our guest on right now, Bill. Introduce him, will you?
0: There you go. Let's welcome the radio voice of the Philly, Scott Fransky. Scott, welcome to the show. And I have to tell you, as you get ready to leave the snow to come to 86 degree Florida, uh, I heard Ernie Banks woke up this morning and he didn't say, let's play two. He said, let's play golf.
2: Yep, yep. And that's what I'm going to do tomorrow.
0: I I figured you would. It's absolutely beautiful down here and uh I'm sure you're ready to get here.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, one more day of snow and uh get that over with and uh snow day with the kids home of course, so uh it's a good thing I already sent my bags down ahead of time. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey Scott, uh,
1: this is Chet. The other guy is Bill, thanks for joining us. Let's get right to it. Hey my uh, pleasure yeah. Hey, they may not be done with uh, all the acquisitions, but what do you think about the Phils' moves this off-season, signing or trading for guys like Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon, David Robertson, and JT Realmuto?
2: Uh, I think they've been great. I mean, they've addressed a lot of needs. Uh, you know, uh, obviously Realmuto is kind of the uh, the real catch there of those names you just mentioned, but uh, they've addressed some serious needs, and I, you know, I mean, they're, they've upgraded a lot of positions yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I like the off season they've had, whether they get, you know, that last remaining big gun or not, or you know, another pitcher or whatever, I like what they've had. I think they could use another pitcher, another starter in particular. Um but I, I do like the off season that they've had.
0: Hey Scott, I've known Andrew McCutcheon since he was in the uh in in ninth grade down here in Florida so I'm excited about him joining the Phillies, but do you feel, how do you feel about that? Is it more of a leadership thing, or do you think uh, this guy can really produce for them still?
2: Well, I think they feel like he still can. He's still got uh, something to the tank. It, it, there is a leadership component to it. There's no doubt about it. However, uh, I, I do think they feel like he uh, has more to offer offensively uh, than maybe we saw last year. And, you know, again, Wasn't playing in the best ballpark for offensive numbers uh, half the time in in AT&T out in San Francisco, but uh, he'll, you know, he's definitely an upgrade uh, defensively. Uh, He he checks that box uh, pretty well. Uh, They had a a horrible time there with their outfield defense last year, and McCutcheon is a big upgrade. I mean, a huge upgrade in that regard, and, you know, it's no offense to Reese Hoskins, but he is who he is, and, he wasn't a left fielder, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, he worked hard at it. He did the best he could, but uh, you know that's not his uh, his 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 position. And uh, I think they I think they've made the right move trying to get him back to first base to see if that can work.
1: I agree. Hey, Scott, like you, I do like the Phillies' additions this offseason and as you mentioned, I think they still need another starting pitcher. Why are nobody, why is nobody talking about Dallas Keuchel as a possibility? I mean, the guy won a Cy Young Award a few years ago. His numbers have not been bad. He's yeah. a left-hander, which I think the Phillies could use. Why is there a lack of interest in Keuchel?
2: Well, I think um, you know, obviously it's a two-way street. I think people are a little bit scared about the age and, and the length of contract and I think uh a lot of teams are probably thinking that Keiko's going to have to come off of that. And, you know, we saw a year ago Jake Arrieta waited until, you know, the middle of March or uh, certainly yep. well into March uh, to sign with the Phillies. And, you know, a similar age, similar track record, former Cy Young Award winner, uh, maybe not coming off his best year. And maybe some of the numbers, some of the peripherals are down. Uh, but, uh, you know, and Jake had to kind of come off some of the, the demands on in terms of the length of contract. And I think that's what, you know, especially when you talk about pitchers, Uh, length of contract is such a huge thing for, for teams these days. Uh, It used to be uh, the game was almost designed, you know, you see relievers that they think maybe have one good year left in them, but they have to sign them for two. And that was just kind of the price of doing business. Well, I think teams are a little bit smarter now and they just don't play that game uh, like they used to. And uh, they have a certain number of years they feel like is right. And they stick to those number of years because again, uh, the, the, The stats bear it out over years and years and years across baseball. There's always the outlier. There's always a a guy who can, you know, sort of overcome the odds. Uh, But by and large, um, you know, when you get into your mid-30s, the numbers are not as good.
0: Hey, Scott, speaking with the current guys that they have, now with uh, Manny Machado off the board, uh, I wouldn't expect there'll be any more infield moves made. What does that mean for Mikel Franco, and and what can we expect from him? He, he overall statistically he didn't drive in a lot of runs last year, but statistically he didn't have that bad a year. But he was kind of on the outs for a good part of the season.
2: Yeah, and uh, really turn things around. Uh, I think given time to, you know, address some of the issues that they had wanted to work with him on. Um, I think you know again trying to you know get the ball in the air in that launch angle business uh uh you know i think it, it, whatever it paid some you know dividends for them uh i I think again that you know michael obviously you know got hurt near the end and uh after the Phillies had kind of faded he uh you know didn't really finish all that strong um uh, but uh yeah again he he's got the 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 chance to take that position again. Uh, I know they're going to give Kingery a long look. Kingery might get some time there at third base. Uh, they might share time. Uh, but obviously, it's a pretty critical year for, for Mikey. And, it, you know, I mean, he's such a well-liked player in that clubhouse. Uh, you know, you won't find a teammate that doesn't like Michael Franco. And he's always been a guy with a good work ethic and, and tries hard and um, does what people ask him to do. But sometimes those adjustments don't always carry over from the cage to the field. And you know, I think we saw some of that start to work last year, and hopefully, he can you know sort of uh, get back on that progression this year because uh, you know it's been two, three years now since he had that good rookie campaign where you know, it just hasn't kind of measured up to to what they thought he might be. So, mm-hmm.
1: all right, so Manny Machado, year for good- him, yeah. Manny Machado gets the huge contract with the Padres. Somewhat surprisingly, uh, Bryce Harper, as of this moment, anyway, is still unsigned. What's your gut telling you, Scott, about how this is going to play out? And does Harper not want to play in Philly?
2: I don't know. Uh, I don't <laughs> know whether he wants to play here or not. Uh, I read one report today that said he turned down multiple offers of more than three hundred million. And uh, you know, we've heard all winter the, the sort of the not outwardly, certainly the Phillies haven't said it, but uh, but the reports were, you know, for a long time, they desired Machado more than they did Harper. Well, you know, we heard Matt Klintak come out and speak on the record about it, say we valued him at a certain number, and uh, it went past that number, so we backed out of the game. Um, and kind of makes you wonder if he's at 300 for 10 years, or do they You know, did they really value Machado higher than Harper? Are they willing to go and, you know, change the course uh, of, you know, and not stick to their guns where Harper is concerned? I don't know. Um, You know, this thing has been kind of surprising to me. I just didn't see it drag on. I didn't see that it would drag on this long for either of them, quite frankly. I thought there'd be, you know, four or five teams that were interested in both, both players, and they'd get a deal done, you know, maybe not before the holidays, but shortly afterwards and, you know, early January and kind of get things, get things going. But, um, you know, uh, Machado waited it out, got the money he was hoping for. And I imagine Harper's going to do the same. I, I just, I'm just not so sure it's going to be from the Phillies. I could be wrong.
0: Mm. You're supposed to say, no, they're going to sign him in the morning. He's going to play golf. Uh, that'd be
2: great i mean
0: uh, honestly that'd be great and that could happen that could very
2: well be the case i mean it could um it could uh, very well be the case uh but uh, and, and believe me for a guy who's going to watch them uh play 162 games this year uh, you know they could use it and they could use the the star power they could use the offensive production they could use all of it. Um, there's no question. Um, I, you know, I'd like to see it happen It'd make them a, an instant, you know, full on contender. And not that they're not necessarily already, but I mean, they go right to the top of the class, not just in their division, but in the national league as a whole.
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of that with, with the addition of the guys we talked about earlier, and if they do get Harper, one of my big concerns, and I've said this on this show for a full year, um, What about Gabe Kapler? What can we expect from him? Can we we expect improvement from him as well? Because uh, for us old guys, he is a bit different.
2: Yeah, he's a bit different. But, um, you know, one thing about him is uh, players like playing for him. And uh, whether he's different or not, he seems to to connect with them by and large. Um, He spends... Uh, an unbelievable amount of time and energy trying to make sure that he connects with them and um, you know obviously some of the some of the stuff in game i i, I mean I, I'm just I don't want to put words in your mouth um, in terms of what what strikes you as different um, but I will say this he works hard to make sure his his players he and his players are on the same page um, he works really hard at it And I see that on a daily basis. Uh, I don't know how much he will change per se. Um, I think there's still uh, a a method that he likes to follow in terms of, you know, his preparation, his, his, the numbers he wants to see the, you know, the telltale markers for, for matchups that he wants to isolate and, and whatnot. And, you know, obviously there were some, you know there was a lot of talk about bullpen usage especially early in the season last year um and i would venture to guess he's going to operate in much the same fashion this year in that regard i i don't expect it to change a whole heck of a lot um in, in that regard i just think um i think the one thing that that is that Okay, so I, I've never been in a big league clubhouse as a player. I've never played the game, certainly, at that level. And the one thing that my partner, L.A., always says, he says, look, there's something about, and L.A. doesn't agree with all the, you know, a lot of the analytics, and that, that's pretty obvious, but there's something to be said about a manager who connects with his players, and, um, and there's a lot of value in that um, because if the players like playing for him, um, then he can ask them to do things that maybe are a little bit out of their comfort zone, but they're still willing to do it. And I think that's important for any manager.
0: Well, speaking of analytics, I wanted to ask you, one of the things that uh, really befuddled me is uh, Reese Hoskins hit in that two hole all season or for a good part of the season, when the numbers cl- clearly showed that he was a better four hole hitter than a two hole hitter. And I guess there certainly was some reasoning for that, but, uh, it was something I certainly couldn't understand.
2: Yeah, and I mean, to me, this the, the debate uh, gets to be a little bit strange, and I think um, there's a lot of people that will tell you, you know, your best hitter is going to go hit two or four, and I think the way Gabe has expressed it to me is that um, I think it's two and four, and then it's five and one and then it's the three hole which is you know counter to what baseball has been set up you know has has told us for years and years you know your best hitter hits third uh your best run producer you know your home run guy is going to hit fourth your best on base guy is going to hit first um quite frankly i just think it's all so dependent on the personnel on the personnel you have at the time um and i think there's a, a you know obviously there's i mean there's almost 162 ways to slice up a lineup and we saw Gabe Kapler try a number of them <laughs> last year uh and you know i mean he's not alone other managers do the same thing uh especially with young teams that have players that might go through struggles and whatnot but uh, uh i i'm i'm going to guess and i'm going to bet that uh, Reese is going to hit second or fourth most days um you know i mean I think that there's a different set of personnel this year, you know? So Cesar is hitting first. Maybe it's a Segura guy who puts bat on ball often, 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 you know, maybe he's going to hit third. Maybe Hoskins will hit second. Maybe, you know, somebody like McCutcheon or, you know, Bryce Harper hits fourth. Uh, You know, there's so many different ways to to cut it up. But um, I don't think you're going to see hoskins hit fourth necessarily all the time but he will hit fourth uh, i would imagine some
1: hey scott one more thing from me i remember listening to you on a brazier and burgoyne podcast last summer and you saying that okay. growing up you wanted you wanted to be a, in a rock band now that didn't pan out which is uh, i guess maybe good for the baseball world but and the rock world too but uh i'm hoping that yeah. like some bands you take requests so can you tell the larry anderson lehigh valley belch story
2: Uh, Sure (laughs) So uh, First day of uh, We had just come out of spring training And it was the first year That the Lehigh Valley franchise was opening They were opening Coca-Cola Park And uh, they brought us back from spring training And had us go up to Lehigh And the team was going to play an exhibition game Before the start of the regular season And they had us set up To do a radio broadcast of that game. And so we flew in I want to say it was maybe we had a game on a Saturday and then I had to drive up first thing Sunday morning, uh something like that. Well, these were in LA's uh, back in the day when uh Sunday morning Sunday morning coming down was not so good on, on LA at all times. Uh and uh so we d- we're driving up there and uh you know, he wasn't in the best of moods and uh so we're up there and, and uh uh, you might I have been in the best of health. Let me say that. Um, and we get in there, it's the first inning. The setup is different than our normal setup. You know, technically we, you know, we usually, when we're at home, we have the same equipment. No, it's all set up and, and kind of tucked away. But when we go on the road, things can be a little bit different. So, uh, there's a little, um, uh, a little amplifier, a little bitty box on our desk uh, in front of us that, um, controls the volume of our headphones. And Larry mistakenly thought that it controlled the volume of his microphone. So uh, we're in mid inning and literally a pitch is on its way. And I think, uh, I think Shane Victorino was at the plate and I said, you know, the one, two pitch to Victorino. And I see Larry turn down his headphone volume and then let out an enormous belch and Larry's. (laughs) Larry's pretty well known for his belching and um, in fact my kids my kids are always wowed by it Uh, you know a guy who can belch the alphabet now he lets this one go and uh, he's the only one that didn't hear it because his headphones were off because he had the knob all the way down but well, the microphone was still all the way up. And I looked at him, my eyes got as big as pie plates and, and I looked at him and he realized what he had just done. And I started laughing. And fortunately Victorino struck out and the inning ended. Uh and I started uh trying to get us to the commercial break and Larry says, Oh, sorry about that, folks. And uh because he had no, he knew at that point what he had done. And we laughed all the way to the break, and uh, and uh, you know, again, that's that's the that's Larry Anderson for you. I, I said, uh, I said, buddy, what are you doing? He goes, Well, I thought it was our microphone. I thought I was turning it down. <laughs> I said, Well, you're the only one who didn't hear it because everybody else did.
0: <laughs> Great stuff. All right. Well, hey, Scott, we appreciate you coming by and joining us. Uh, Come on down here to Florida in the sunshine and uh, bring those – well, you already have your clubs. Time to get after it.
2: Yeah, I'll be down there in the morning.
0: All right. All right. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you uh, over there at Clearwater.
2: All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. I
0: appreciate it. All right, Scott. Thanks. Thanks, Scott.
1: Let's take a break and talk to our friend Chris Gaskill from the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne. Hey, great seeing you in the band Big Whiskey Saturday night, Chris.
2: Thanks. It was so much fun, right?
1: Heck yeah. I love Southern Rock. They're coming back again soon?
0: They are coming back uh, next
1: month. I know this Saturday you have the band STEM Live there. What else is happening these days at the Irish Rover?
0: Yeah, well, now that you know football's done, we're a little
2: bored on Sundays, so we're doing acoustics on Sundays. So you can still come out and eat from our really great Sunday Funday menu. Everything's $4. We'll have uh, Carolyn's samosas and enjoy some slight music.
1: All that is great. And what's really cool is you'll have another special event on Sunday, March 3rd. A bunch of guys talking sports.
2: I am so excited. We're taking a little break from our acoustic sets on Sundays and having you guys in for a live broadcast. I cannot wait. I'm counting down the days.
1: Oh, man, we can't wait. Bill, Fred, and I are really looking forward to it. And Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation will be there. He is a terrific guest, I promise you. What can people who show up at the Rover that day expect?
2: We'll have our four dollar Sunday Funday menu, plus I've got some great specials from Bud Light, and I've got a ton of Eagles flags to give away. So
3: it may not be football season, but we can still be in the spirit, right?
1: That is awesome. We're going to give away a couple of polo shirts, have some fun with everybody who shows up. It's going to be great. The Philly Pressbox Radio Gang live and in person Sunday, March third, two p.m. at the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne.
2: (laughs)
0: Hey, Chet, uh, now you talked with, with Chris about the visit to the Irish Rover on the 3rd, but we had a little time change. You guys didn't talk about the time. So let, let's let the listeners know when that's going to be so everybody's on the same page.
1: Yeah, originally it was going to be one o'clock, but it is officially two p.m. Eastern Time, two o'clock on the third of March at the Irish Rover, which is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. So, you know, get there by one o'clock, start drinking, because if you're drinking, you'll enjoy our show even even more.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, looking forward to it. Can't wait to get up there. The Irish Rover Station House has been great to us over the last few years and uh really looking forward to this. It's gonna be a lot of fun and I, I think we're gonna have a pretty nice little crowd come.
1: Yeah, we got at least a dozen people coming, I think, between me, you and Fred, and uh hopefully more. And the Irish Rover always has a crowd pretty much every day of the week, so there will be a lot of people there. And as we mentioned, we're going to have some stuff to give away through uh, the Irish Rover and through us, a couple of polo shirts. So it's going to be a good time.
0: And you know, Chad, our, uh, one of our sponsors, the PPCC 118 Raz Room, will be razzing off a Brian Dawkins Eagles jersey that day too. So there will be somebody going to go home with a Brian Dawkins jersey as well.
1: Oh, man, that is something uh, to look forward to for sure.
0: You bet. Well, okay, Chad, it's Q2 time, and uh, I'm ready for you again tonight, I think. But as long as you don't ask me about Academy Awards and Oscars, I think I got it. But tell the listeners how this works, and let's do it. Yep, week four
1: of our third season, of random Q2. It's a little 10-week thing that we do over two minutes or so each week. I hit you with two questions, one about a sports topic, usually something timely. The second one is one of these 10 random questions that I already wrote down weeks ago. You'll pick a number from 1 to 10. You know how that works. It's a mere two minutes total of fun or agony each week. Let's get it going this week. Bill. Uh, Again, recently on Facebook, you expressed your disdain for hockey shootouts to decide games that are tied after regulation and five minutes of overtime. I'm sure you've told me before. In fact, I think it was a random Q2 question two years ago, but I forget your solution. So what is your recommendation for resolving regular season tie hockey
0: games? Play three-on-three until the end, until somebody scores. Three-on-three hockey is better than the whole entire rest of the game.
1: So even if it goes like 18 minutes,
0: you're okay with that? Yeah, what the heck? Why not? How many how many games go that far? Let, them, right. let them play. They. I, I tell you what, three on three hockey is fantastic to me, and uh, you know so many the open ice and so many skilled players. I think it's an absolute blast doing it. Doing it like I said uh, is like kicking field goals to decide a football game. That there's no reason right. for that.
1: Okay, so three on three till <laughs> as long as it takes. All right, your second question, Bill, you know the drill. You pick a number between 1 and 10. You've already used up 1, 5, and 10. So any of those other numbers, pick one of those.
0: Uh, let's go with number 7 today.
1: Number 7, let's see what we have here. Ah, you hinted, Bill, at retirement in the next few years, other than traveling to some fun destination, name something that you'll look forward to doing with all of that free time.
0: Ah, uh, geez, that's a tough question, because in in the perfect world, if it didn't take up so much time, I would really love to get back into coaching. Uh, I I really, really miss it, and wish that I was still able to do it, but the job doesn't let me do it anymore, allow me to do it with the time, but I certainly enjoyed being out there, running with the kids, and uh, the strategies, of, and I coach both uh, high school football and baseball, so... Uh, One of those things will be a lot of fun to get back involved with.
1: And here's another thing you can do when you retire. You can sit down on the couch for a week and watch the entire series of The Sopranos, okay?
0: Yeah, and speaking of that, Chet, since uh, we've got 30 seconds, there's somebody in my house who said to tell you, not now because I didn't know this was going to come up, that you were wrong about The Sopranos. How it so? is that other show, The Game of Thrones, that is number one.
1: Oh, I didn't – I just said The Sopranos was maybe number one for me. I don't watch The Game of Thrones. I know a lot of people love it, but I can't judge The Game of Thrones. So uh, if you're into that, check that out too. But I tried it. I wasn't into it. I'm not into that whole thing. I,
0: I am not into it, but the uh, but my wife is, and she said, oh, no way is The Sopranos better than The Game of Thrones. So I just wanted to leave that with you.
1: Yeah, it's a matter of preference.
0: But I hear you. Okay. I hear you. Carry Boy, on, Chet. Yeah, yeah. How'd I do?
1: Pretty good. I could be an A-minus this
0: week. A-minus. A-minus this week. Okay. All right. Hey, we're going to talk some Sixers. We'll we'll, we'll slide over. We'll talk to about the Flyers a little bit later and uh, that they lost Ratko Gudis today to a suspension, which hurts them as well. But we're going to get ready to talk Sixers. Uh, you're on a roll with Sixers Insider, uh insider guest with Mark Zumhoff two weeks ago, d him last week. Now we're having a return visit from the Inquirer Sixers beat writer Keith Pompey, and there's plenty to talk about in Sixer land.
1: Yeah, um, there certainly is. I mean, the All-Star game was fun. That's in the rearview mirror. Just 24 games left now for the Sixers. And while they're technically in fifth place, they're also just a game behind third place, Indiana. And for me, that's the goal. Get to the number three spot in the East before the playoffs get here because you certainly don't want to stay in the four or five area, especially if it's Boston and the other spot. So get up to number three, which will make your playoff life a little bit easier.
0: Chet, did I I miss something?
1: Did they play the NBA All-Star game? Tell me you didn't watch the NBA All-Star game, Bill. I didn't even know they played it. I, you are you're, you're kidding. I know you're kidding. No, uh, I'm yeah, not I watched it. <laughs> I watched it Sunday night. Ben Simmons was there. Uh, Joel Embiid was there. They were playing on opposite teams because of the way they did it this year, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, there's no defense, and the score was like 180 to 160 something or whatever, but it was fun. I mean, it's it's an exhibition essentially. There's a lot of outside shots, and there's a lot of fantastic dunks. Beyond that. Not a whole lot, but well, I'm going to, I'm I'm going to tell
0: you that I am going to tell you the truth. I knew it was All-Star weekend. I did not watch one second of the game, but I did read a little bit or see a little bit about the Embiid-Westbrook deal, and I, I kind of laughed about that. That was pretty funny. Well, let's but, hey, anyway, with that, day. With with that, let's get to our guest. We've got, as we said, Inquirer Sixers beat writer Keith Pompey. Joining us, Keith, welcome back. I always enjoy having you, Keith, because we get to talk Sixers and we get to make fun of you about those New York football giants.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to laugh next year. Oh, There's always next year, right? They're going to win the first of seven straight Super Bowls. (laughs)
0: That's,
1: That's the funniest thing you ever said, Keith. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I know, right? I need to be a community. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Keith, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas.
1: Let's talk a little hoops. Uh, Keith, I'm pretty happy with the New Look Sixers, except I didn't like what I heard today about one of the guys who's been there the last few years. That's Joel Embiid. Uh, What's going on with that left knee of his?
3: I mean, we'll find out more. I mean, if you notice, like, he's been hampered by that knee all season. It's been coming and going. He actually has, you know, he has tendinitis in it. Um, he, he, he was also sidelined back on December the 30th um, against the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, they lost by like 34 points without him that night. But, um, you know, it, it's been coming and going. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I heard you guys talking about the All-Star game, and, you know, I asked Brett Brown, did, did that affect his knee at all? I mean, he said he, you know, had tendonitis beforehand. They'd known about this for a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, it's like, well, why did he play in the game? And and Brett's saying that, you know, it, it didn't bother him. And, and actually, you know, it's best for him to be active. He said that it's one of those things when, you know, he takes days off from it. You know, it, it bothers him more. Well, he's about to take a week off, so. You know, I, I just don't understand that explanation, but uh, it, it is what he said.
0: Wait, Keith, I, I have to ask you, I mean, the, the million-dollar question, I guess, with, with the addition of Butler and Harrison, obviously the expectations are now out the roof. Um, is anything short of going to the finals a disappointment, and is anything short of going to the finals – all going to fall on the shoulders of Brett Brown, assuming, let's just got to assume, everybody stays healthy through this thing.
3: Yeah, you know, it's weird. When you talk about the finals, are you talking about the NBA finals or or the Eastern Conference finals? Well, I would think uh, the expectations
0: have to be high enough with who they have now that they ought to be able to win the East,
3: huh? You know what? I I still think... uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people are saying that, but I, I keep thinking about what, what a Milwaukee did. I mean, Milwaukee went out there and they got a, a guy who could shoot the ball. Um, they also picked up another guard, so they made two additions. You know, Toronto went out there and 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 picked up a couple guys as well. And these are two teams that was already better than the Sixers. You know, and 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 when you look at it, what these two teams did is they kind of like bolstered their bench, uh, um, you know, to be to, uh, they strengthened their bench and their bench was already better than the Sixers. Now, if they wouldn't have made those moves, I would say, yeah, you know, it's championship or bust or making it to the finals or bust. But when you look at the Sixers right now, I mean, can you name someone who's going to come off the bench and who's going to be a knockdown shooter for you? I mean, I can look at James Ennis. I can look at uh, Jonathan Simmons and say they're going to be quality defenders. You know, Mike Scott is going to bring it. But I don't look at a guy who I can say, you know what, this guy is going to give me 18 points or, or at least or average 14 points for me, for me off the bench. I just don't see it. And I think that, you know, if if they lose in the second round, then, you know, we're going to say – wow is Brett Brown the guy for the team but you know that's if the Sixers are healthy you know right now you know if you look at the Sixers success you know i mean they're 1 in 4 excuse me they're 1 in 3 in games where Joel Embiid did not play um they beat the first game they beat i mean they won the first game with Jimmy Butler sc- uh, scoring like 39 points in a close game and they lost the last three so they lose a lot when Embiid's not in there, and I know that they have Tobias Harris and uh, Jimmy, but it just seems like Joel Embiid is the best, one of the best players in the league for a reason.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, following up on what Bill said uh, regarding Brett Brown, your colleague at the Inquirer, Bob Ford, wrote a piece a week and a half ago saying that with these new additions, the onus is now on Brett Brown. So. I don't know, to an extent, I do agree with that. But what I want to ask you, Keith, is should Brown shorten the rotation now with guys off the bench, just go with three or at most four guys off the bench? And if so, who should get the bulk of those minutes?
3: Yeah, I think he's going to go with four now, and the fact that um, Perkin, um, Kirk Myers is hurt, he's done for the year. Um, so the guy, the, the three people who I think should get, well, I think you have to go with four right now. Um, you know, I, I think it would have to be TJ McConnell, right, because you need a backup point guard. I mean, I don't know how many minutes he's going to get, but I think you need a backup point guard. And then I think, you know, depending on the situation, you know, it's going to be Bobon, right, as the backup center. But I think Mike Scott definitely has to play, right? And I also think Jonathan, Jonathan Simmons has to play. You know, um, you know, James Ennis, he, he, he brings something, but I think when it comes down to it, you know, they're gonna definitely have to shorten their bench to maybe what players in the in, in the in the postseason. But I think it's gonna to have to be Mike Scott, it's gonna to have to be Jonathan Simmons, Bobon depending on stuff, and you do need a backup point guard, so McConnell's gonna get those get the minutes. So Mike Scott, Simmons and, and um T J McConnell
0: interesting with and with 20 there's 24 games to go uh Keith in, in the regular season can can they survive as you talk about the other teams strengthening their bench with the bench they have with these starters playing uh, you know saying the 34 36 37 minutes a night that's a
3: lot of minutes every night yeah that's a lot of minutes um you know that, that that's a lot and and the good thing about the Sixers right now is with 24 games left, they have the eighth easiest schedule. I mean, you know, remaining. I mean, I, I know they have Milwaukee twice, I believe. But for the most part, you know, they're going to um, – you know, they're going to – I mean, their last 10 games, they, I mean, they go – I think they have like seven of those teams are, are, are against – seven of those games, rather, against teams with losing records. So I think they'll be fine. I mean, it's just that the problem is, you know – you don't want the Boston Celtics to wake up, you know, if the Boston Celtics wake up and get it together, you know what I mean? The Sixers, you know, don't want to play them in the first round. And, and if, because right now Boston has, you know, if their records are tied, you know, Boston is going to have a better seed than them. So I, I don't think the Sixers could go to Boston and beat them. I think their record against Boston since the 2014, 15 season, it's 3-17. and 17. That's not good. <laughs> no,
1: no. No, it is not. Yeah, the Sixers have had a lot of trouble, obviously, with the Celtics. So, do you agree, Keith, that they should have a goal of getting to that number three spot in the East before the postseason?
3: I do. I mean, I honestly do. Um, you know, of course, they're going to say right now, well, you know, we just want to play good basketball by the time we get there. But, you know, in the 4-5, you know I, I don't see them beating uh, well, here's the thing, Let, let's just say if Indiana stays and in the stays at number three, Boston stays at number four, and the Sixers at number five. I don't see the Sixers beating the Celtics in the five game series, right? No. now if if Boston goes up to number three, and the Sixers are at number four, and Indiana at number five, I think the Sixers could win that series. But I think the Sixers are going to go out in the second round to to Milwaukee Bucks, right? Now, I think that if the Sixers get the three seed, they have an okay chance of beating Toronto with the hope that Toronto will fall apart in the playoffs like they did the previous two seasons. But if the Sixers don't get the three seed, I think it's going to be tough for them it, uh, to get out of the second round with the four seed, and if they get the five seed, I don't see them winning a first round matchup, not against the Boston Celtics. Well,
0: wow. well, Keith, as you as you watch the team starting to come together, Butler's now been around for a little while. Um, Harris only just a short time. How do you feel? What's your gut feeling about the the way this team can mesh? You, you see this working out with all these. We'll call them superstar talents, all in one place. Can this, can this work? And and with that, are the Sixers going to go all in to to re-sign these guys? They gave up a lot to get them.
3: Yeah, I think they are going to go all in to re-sign all of them. They even want to bring JJ Redick back. Um, but in regards to it working, I think we'll find out more. You know, now the the one thing is, I think with Joel Embiid being injured, um, at least for a week. I think the chemistry might be a little bit better, and the only reason why I'm nothing against Joel, but there's less mouths to feed, so to speak. So it's everyone's going to get a little bit more touches. But I think once he comes back, you know, we're we're going to find out more if you know certain guys are going to can be willing to sacrifice. You know, early on is you know early on is is is, is new, and everyone is like buying into it. But that was has only been three games. So I think, like, in a couple weeks, we'll learn more, and we'll especially learn more in the playoffs, you know, how these guys are going to do, how they're going to buy in. But, yeah, the Sixers gave up a lot for both guys. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, right now they have to try to go all in and keep them, you know, try to, you know, build, build for the future with the guys that they have.
1: Keith, i got to ask you one more time about Markel Fultz. He's with the Orlando Magic now. Took a little shot at the Sixers in his welcome news conference down there. Is he ever going to be a real big-time contributor in the NBA?
3: You know what? Before he took a shot at the Sixers, I thought he was, would be. (laughs) And the more I listened to his press conference, I'm not sure. Because, you know, like I've told you guys before, and i said it over and over again, it's a mental thing. And when you have a mental problem, you have to take ownership to of that. That's only how you're going to get better. And the fact that he took a shot at the sixes, the fact that he's still saying, you know, is that a syndrome that he has, whatever, CSO, whatever it is, you know, it's, to, to me it's like he's not facing the problem. You know, next year he's going to have something else. And I, I just think that he needs to mature, he needs to grow, and he needs to man up. Really, and 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 face it. And if he does that, he'll have a a a, a career. I'm not saying he's going to live up to being um, the first overall pick or even a top five draft pick, but I think that he'll have a serviceable career. But that's only if he admits to his problem and he mans up. That's that mans up. That's that's only how I think he'll be successful.
0: Well, Keith, I have to ask you, since you talked about the Giants winning seven Super Bowls, I got to switch over and ask you, you know, the Giants have probably, I think, maybe the most exciting player in the league now is Saquon Barkley. But how much longer are they going to go with 38-year-old Eli Manning? And uh, when is enough enough with
3: him? Well, I think this is going to be his last year because, like I said, they're going to win seven in a row. So he's going to get this one. And they're gonna ride him off in the sunset and he's gonna retire. Right? He's gonna retire in the in the postgame uh press conference after he wins the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: Woohoo
3: <laughs> Hey Keith, I have two quick two quick questions for
0: you. Um who's gonna the You NBA left it speechless yeah, speechle- on that I know.
1: one. Who's coming out of the <laughs> East in the NBA this year, Keith? That's the first question.
3: Wow. Um I, wow, I, I think it's going to be Milwaukee Ooh
1: Okay, second question MVP, Giannis or Harden?
3: Um, I'm giving it to Giannis But let, let me take that back I, I You know what, I think It's weird, I, I, I think it could possibly Be Boston coming out of the East I think it's going to be Boston coming out of the East Um, I think they'll get Everything together but I think Giannis is going to get MVP.
1: Okay,
0: interesting. Well, hey Keith, we've about run out of time, and and thanks for joining us, Take taking time out of your busy schedule. I know tomorrow you get back at it, and uh, you'll be you'll be locked up for a, quite a few weeks now.
3: Yeah, man, it's getting crazy now, right? <laughs> you, you bet. Fun. You
0: bet. Well, thanks for coming by, and uh, we always enjoy having you and and we just want to kid you about the Giants. We're, we're nothing serious. Don't worry.
3: I know they're going to be trash for the next 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, Keith. see you. All right, Keith. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Hey, Chad, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-state insurance in Westchester, PA.
1: Yeah, you know it, Bill. It is true. One of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who's dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help of any kind. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is important to you and your family. Click on the Allstate banner on our Philly Press Box radio website or call Dave directly at 610-430-0700. Again, that's Dave Lavoy at Allstate Insurance in Westchester, 610-430-0700. <laughs>
0: music everywhere Love it. <laughs> hey speaking of Dave uh, we are trying to get him lined up see if we can get him to come up to the Irish Rover Station house as well so anybody wants to meet the man behind our sponsorship uh, we're hoping to have Dave with us up there as well looking forward to that
1: that would be awesome. But hey, speaking of music, speaking of music, Bill, I don't know if you heard this, and I'm sure you don't care, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Ariana Grande has done something that is like pretty much unheard of. She, this week, has the number one, two, and three singles on the Billboard Hot 100. Nobody has ever done that before since 1964 when the Beatles did it. Now, I'm not a big Ariana Grande fan. I mean, she's nice to look at, and her videos are okay, but can't say that I love the, the music, but uh, good for Ariana
0: you know, you could have done without even mentioning that. <laughs> you know, you could have said Kate Beckinsale or something. Why do you have to go to Ariana Grande? Uh, you and I are on different planets.
1: <laughs> Just threw it in there. We had a minute to kill, so go ahead. Uh,
0: carry on. You should, have come, you should have come up with a Kate Beckinsale story. Hey, Chad, <laughs> let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Razroom. Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance on winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's ppcc 118 razroom That's right, ppcc 118 razroom on facebook and chad i can tell you right now there's eagles jerseys up there uh vince papali michael vick donovan McNabb, and randall cunningham looking for uh looking for somebody to take one of them home
1: that's not a bad set of players right there
0: you got it well hey chad tell us who's coming to the philly press box radio roundtable show next week you you got uh you've raised the bar my friend
1: Well, we're going to keep that uh, going, Bill. Next week, we have one of everyone's favorite Philadelphia Flyers legends joining us, his third or is it fourth visit? I'm not sure. I'll check on that. It's a great winger from the 1980s who played parts of 11 seasons with the Orange and Black and who still today is their second all-time leading goal scorer behind only Bill Barber, Gaffa Baby, the great Brian Propp will be making a return visit to Philly Press Box Radio. Also, we're going to talk more Phillies baseball with another awesome guest, the field director of fun and games, Mr. John Brazer.
0: Very good. Looking forward to it. And uh, happy birthday to Brian Propp as well. Just uh, last week, the proper had a birthday. So, uh, happy birthday to him also. Good guy. Hey, Chet, let, let's, talk, uh, let's talk Flyers a little bit. As we said, they got beat up last night by Tampa Bay, who's awful good. And uh, Carter Hart got yanked. Brian Elliott is in. I didn't like that one bit, I'm going to tell you. And uh, now we've lost Radko Gudis for the next two games, which, in my opinion, the two most important games of the season, Thursday and Saturday.
1: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, if you check the standings, you'll see that the Flyers, even with their improved play of late, are still six points out of the second wild card spot, currently held by Columbus. And the Blue Jackets have a game in hand. Just 22 games left for the Orange and Black. And these next two games, as you said, in Montreal and then at the link on Saturday against the Penguins are against teams that are ahead of them in the standing. So, yeah, winning both of these games is pretty much a must right now. If if they don't win these two games, it might be time to, uh, say, forget those playoff aspirations.
0: Oh, well, I, I think you're right. And uh, But let, let me throw the Brian Elliott thing in there. You know, there's we, been a lot of goalie movement uh, this week or la- in the last ten days or so, and – uh I don't know. Looking at those goals, I'm not sure how much of that was on heart. Um, but bringing having Brian Elliott look over your shoulder is probably not the good thing to do to the 20 year old. Let him play it out.
1: Yeah, and Scott Gordon said, you know, it wasn't on heart last night. The team didn't play that well in front of him, but uh, he just thought it was wise to get him out of there at that point. And uh, he'll be back in there Thursday night. Scott Gordon already said that. Uh, As far as Brian Elliott, um, I don't know how long he's going to be there because I think Cam Talbot was supposed to join the team today, and he may be the the primary backup the rest of the way. I don't know what they're going to do there. We know Neubert is pretty much history at this point, but is Elliott the backup? Is Cam Talbot the backup? Do they keep uh, three guys now? I'm not sure, but we know Hart's going to get the bulk of the starts, and that's the way it should
0: be. As he should. That's right. Well, you know, the other thing I think is interesting, Chet, uh, you know, listening to the – uh, national guys, the one night Jonesy was on the national with uh, Jeremy Roenick, and they were they were both saying that they think the team to catch is the Montreal Canadiens, not the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins are playing pretty good hockey. Um, they now have the exact same record as the Canadians, but that the Canadians are the team to catch. And now Columbus has fallen down into that last wild card spot. So good, a lot of movement up there too. It's going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it's tight. I mean, Montreal and Pittsburgh, as you said, I think both have uh, the same, and Columbus is two points back of those guys, and the Flyers are another six back. So there's still time, 22 games left for Philly, but you've got to win these next couple of games and uh, you know, hope that you keep playing well beyond that.
0: Okay, one big question for you. Let's just say they win these two games, which we sure hope they do. Yep. Monday's the trade deadline. What are mm. you going to do? You oh, buy and selling and you get rid of Wayne Simmons. That's what I want to know.
1: Wow. Well, you asked me last week, and I said they're going to probably trade Wayne Simmons. And I still think, boy, if they win those two games, then it makes it tougher. If they lose the two games, I say they definitely trade Simmons. If they win those two games, I don't know. I would flip a coin for me. If I were the GM, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, he would have his finger on the pulse more so than me. But I don't know what's going to happen if they do win those two games, Bill.
0: Yeah, well, it, I think it's interesting, you know, we we saw last week the value that Wayne Simmons brings. He doesn't have the points that he he's had in the past, but you know, when somebody needed to go protect the captain it took within 1 minute of the next game for that to happen. And Simmons has such leadership in that locker room that uh it, it's going to be tough to move a guy like him. And and with that said though, you you certainly don't want to move I don't think you want to move a bunch of these young kids either that no. uh, are your future that are good players. They're just young, and they're they're only going to get nothing but better. So I think, uh, you know, you have the Simmons and Voracek, and those uh, are really probably the only ones that are going to bring any kind of even average value.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're trading any of the young guys. If they trade anybody, it would be somebody like a Simmons or one of the older veterans.
0: Yep. Well, it's going to be interesting to see Scott Gordon and and the bunch are in a in a uh, interesting scenario. But most importantly, they got to win on the ice, and it needs to be tomorrow night. They need to beat Montreal in Montreal, and uh, that's never easy either.
1: Nope, it's uh, a tough couple of games coming up. We wish them well.
0: It is well. Hey, Chet, let's let our our listeners know. And remind our loyal listeners to visit Philly Press Box Radio website, PhillyPressBoxRadio.com. We cover all the big stories of the Philly sports teams. We also write a few articles ourselves, and you can listen to our last two podcasts and our latest Vimeo as well. We still have our sponsor banners going across the top. You can click on the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's All State Insurance of Westchester's banners to go directly to their websites. Remember, it's Philly Press Box Radio. And don't
1: forget, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to our show on iTunes or, you know, make us a favorite on TuneIn. It's easy to get to us that way. And if you do use iTunes, be sure to rate us and give us a nice review telling us how wonderful a show that we have for you every week.
0: Yeah, and you can also go right to the uh, original Blog Talk Radio slash Philly Press Box Radio and like that as well and yep. get all the updates of when our shows are coming on and when we post our... Uh, advertisements, and so forth.
1: Listen to (coughs) us however you can.
0: That's right. Well, Mr. Chesko, how about a parting shot for you tonight?
1: I got to do this, Bill. Forgive me. Uh, This Sunday night is the 91st Academy Awards. I know there's a lot of anti-Hollywood sentiment out there, including some from my radio partner, but... I love the movies. I saw 40 films released in 2018, 36 of those 40 in the theater. I saw seven of the eight Best Picture nominees. Sorry, but I had no interest in seeing Roma about a Mexico City maid. It's in Spanish with subtitles, and that's just way too much work for me. I still can't believe it's the favorite to get the Best Picture statue. I see, on average, three movies a month, and for me, it's just a nice escape from everything else going on in the world. And, yes, I enjoy these award shows, too, like the Oscars. I'll watch... All three and three-quarter hours of it, or however long it goes this year, I like seeing the stars who provided all of that entertainment on the big screen over the past year. And this Sunday, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the live musical performances from Queen with Adam Lambert doing a song from Bohemian Rhapsody, and Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper duetting on Shallow from A Star Is Born, which, by the way, was a fantastic movie. Be a hater if you must, but I say hooray for Hollywood.
0: Well, I don't. If you watch half of it, you, <laughs> you you can count me for the other half of it. So then you'd only have to bore yourself with just a little bit of those phony balonies that they have there. Speaking of that, Chet, since yeah, we, we actually don't. have thirty, we have thirty seconds. We never did get to talk about the Super Bowl show halftime <laughs> show. How did you like that debacle? I I didn't
1: think it was terrible, to be honest. Um, I'm not a diehard Maroon Five fan. I thought they were okay. Um, I wasn't sure why he had to, you know, strip down and get topless, but I think some of the ladies enjoyed that. Um, some of the songs were okay. Some weren't. I'm not a big rap fan, so the little rap additions on there didn't really do anything for me. But it wasn't the worst of all time for me. It was certainly not the best either. There was about 15 that I could think of that I liked better. But I think it was not as bad as most people said.
0: Well, and I guess we will disagree with that, too, because it stunk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you're an old guy, so.
0: Well, maybe, maybe. I certainly had no reason to see Adam Levine get undressed. That did nothing <laughs> for me. Just saying. Okay. All right, Chet, just a couple things in the crap we missed. Uh, as you said earlier, or I said, I was surprised that you uh, caught Happy Birthday, d lineum. That was on my list. And by the way, Chet, Manny Machado is going to make nearly $62,000 an hour <laughs> yeah. for the next 10 years. 62000 an hour. How would you like to just make $62 an hour? It's only about 30000 an
1: hour if you if you're factor in practice time, though.
0: Well, yeah, that'd be okay. <laughs> and if you take out taxes, it's only 15000 but that's okay, too. Yeah, hey, John Dorenbos is going to be a daddy, Chet. Unfortunately, yeah. he didn't win the America's Got Talent, uh, even though he was absolutely fantastic, but he was awful excited about to tell the world that he was going to be a daddy. So congrats to John Dorenbos. All right, Jed, and uh, with that, we've reached the top of the hour. So we're at wrap it up, unless you got something else.
1: Happy birthday to Cindy Crawford, birthday number 53. Love, Cindy. That's all.
0: Okay, there you go. Who would have missed that? All right, <laughs> let's thank our special guests, Scott Fransky, Keith Pompey, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance of Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chetchesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February 27th at 7 p.m. You can listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blocktalkradiocom slash Radio, or you can find our podcasts on iTunes and tune in. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Ah!